Okay, let's turn now to our second part of the evening. And I know that's probably disappointing for some of you because you probably want to keep talking about the mud flood. Uh, but we don't we don't know how much time we have left on this earth. Uh, maybe it's years, decades. You know, I, I'm really I'm really starting to think that we have a very very limited time. The things are speeding up so fast, and even when COVID hit uh, a year and a half ago now, almost two years ago, uh, that that was pretty shocking. But I was still like, ah, I think we got more time left. But as as the months and the weeks and the days are going by, I, I'm feeling like we're running out of time. And so, as a community, I want to continue. We can keep, you know, uh, I love, you know, as you guys know, I love conspiracy theories and talking about ideas and concepts and the, the what ifs. But I really want to focus on as a community with what time they give us here in Discord to continue reading biblical texts, uh, extra biblical texts, or as I like to call it, just scripture. So tonight we will be reading from the Infancy Gospel of Thomas. This is kind of a continuation of what we already read with the uh, the Infancy Gospel of Yaakov. That just took us to the birth of Messiah, and this is taking us to the boyhood of Messiah. This is a Infant, uh, a very famous text. It's considered, you know, a Catholic text by many. Um, I don't see that to be the case. Uh, but you know, you probably this is one of those texts that I grew up being told not to read. Now, just so we're clear, this is not referring to the Gospel of Thomas. That is a completely different text. This is the Infancy Gospel of Thomas. So hopefully, everyone can pull it up. Um, and let's start. Oh, before, before we do start reading though, I did want to say this for the second half. I want to do a, another book giveaway and tonight I will be handing away a copy. I just had it in front of me and now I don't. This is put out by Sacred Word Publishing and it's called The Collected Works of Enoch the Prophet. And believe it or not, the the, the text we just read on Enoch, it is in there. And Zen Garcia has done the best uh, job of anyone I've seen to take everything, every text we have of Enoch, including Jubilees, Jasher, uh, First, Second Enoch, and he's and others, and put them into one book. So I will be doing a book giveaway on that now. Dave, are you ready with it? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, I'm making sure I have everybody on the list. Okay, everybody can watch. Make sure I'm not cheating if you want to. Winner is Daniel B. All right, Daniel. Uh, I probably have yours and Miles' address, but if not, uh, just uh send it to me in you know private chat and I will ship it out to you this week. So I hope you enjoy that book. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right, let's start the infancy gospel of Thomas. All right, chapter one. And this is this should be a pretty uh, we should be able to get through this in the next hour. It shouldn't be that this is attributed the stories of Thomas the Israelite. 
the philosopher, keep in mind this was not in the original text, somebody added this later on, the Israelite, the philosopher concerning the works of the childhood of the Lord or of Adonai. Chapter 1. I, Thomas, the Israelite, tell unto you, even all the brethren that are of the Gentiles, to make known unto you the works of the childhood of our Adonai, Yahushua Messiah, and his mighty deeds, even all that he did when he was born in our land, whereof the beginning is thus. Chapter 2. I told you this is short. This little child, Yahushua, when he was five years old, was playing at the ford of a brook. And he gathered together the waters that flowed there into pools, and made them straightway clean, and commanded them by his word alone. And having made soft clay, he fashioned thereof twelve sparrows. And it was the Sabbath when he did these things, or made them. And there were also many other little children playing with him. And a certain Jew, or Yehudim, when he saw what Yahushua did, playing upon the Sabbath day, departed straightway and told his father, Yosef, Lo, thy child is at the brook, and he hath taken clay and fashioned twelve little birds, and hath polluted the Sabbath day. And Yosef came to the place and saw, and cried out to him, saying, Wherefore dost thou uh, these things on the Sabbath, which is not lawful to do? But Yahushua clapped his hands together, and cried out to the sparrows, and said to them, Go! And the sparrows took their flight, and went away chirping. And when the Yehudim saw it, they were amazed, and departed and told their chief men that which they had seen Yahushua do. I'm going to quickly comment here that Yosef's character is really interesting. It, it actually, in my opinion, ties up with the Yosef that we have already met in the infancy gospel of Yaakov. And uh, he's, a, he's an older man. He's very stern, very strict. And he doesn't seem to, uh, he always seems to be obedient to the, he's obedient to the law. I need to make this clear, but he's obedient to the elders in the culture of his day. And I'm not saying let's not be obedient to our elders. You guys know what I mean by that, that right here already we see uh, this doctrines of men creeping in and Yahushua is getting in trouble for it, uh, for breaking the Sabbath, something he would be accused of for the rest of his life. And Yosef is, is, pretty, is pretty angry about that. He doesn't even, interestingly enough, we, he doesn't even come to Yahushua's defense here. Chapter 3. But the son of Annas the scribe was standing there with Yosef, and he took a branch of a willow and dispersed the waters which Yahushua had gathered together. And when Yahushua saw what was done, he was wroth and said unto him, O evil, uh, <laughs> that's my editing job right there, uh, ungodly and foolish one, what hurt did the pools and the waters do thee? Behold, now also thou shalt be withered like a tree, and shalt not bear leaves, neither root nor fruit. And straightway that lad withered up wholly, but Yahushua departed and went into Yosef's house. But the parents of him that was withered took him up, bewailing his youth, and brought him to Yosef, and accused him, for that thou hast such a child which doeth such deeds. So here we see a version of Yahushua, which this is one of the reasons why this, this book is not uh, loved by a lot of people, because it, it paints a picture 
of a child like Yahusha that, um, you know, you know, we see him as an adult, you know, whipping people in a temple, but here, you know, I don't know. He's just not a, <laughs> you, you, <laughs> you want to be careful of having your, your child, uh, trip up this Yahusha as a child. And it reminds me of Hebrews chapter five, verse eight. I'm just going to read this really quickly. And I should have really started with this, but I want you to think about this as we go through it. I'm going to try, I'm looking at the new international version. Here's the King James version. Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. And that's, you know, one of the those verses that uh, people have debated and talked about for since since the Gospels were written, on what did it mean that the son, Yahusha, had to learn obedience uh, in what he suffered? But here in the infancy Gospel, we literally seem, we we seem to literally see Yahusha learning obedience. All right, chapter four. After that again, he went through the village, and a child ran and dashed against his shoulder. And Yahusha was provoked and said unto him, Thou shalt not finish thy course, literally go all the way. And immediately he fell down and died. But certain, when they saw what was done, said, Whence was this young child born? For that every word of his is an accomplished work. That's the, I think that's probably the theme of this book right there. That everybody is looking at this young Messiah and saying, Every word which proceeds from his mouth is an accomplished work. Like there is no... Even as a child, nothing he did was idle, including, as we saw with the pigeons. And the parents of him that was dead came unto Yosef and blamed him, saying, Thou thou hast such a child cannot dwell with us in the village, or do thou teach him to bless and not to curse, for he slayeth our children. And Yosef called the young child apart and admonished him, saying, Wherefore dost thou such things? that these suffer and hate us and persecute us. But Yahushua said, I know that these thy words are not thine. <laughs> Nevertheless, for thy sake, I will hold my peace. But they shall bear their punishment. And straightway, they that accuse him were smitten with blindness. And they saw it were sore, uh, and they that saw it were sore afraid and perplexed. And said concerning him that every word which he spake, whether it were good or bad, was a deed and became a marvel. And there it is again. Every work which he uh, spoke was not idle. And when they saw that Yahusha had so done, Yosef arose and took hold upon his ear and wrung it sore. So here we see the, the elderly Yosef, and he's, he's a really stern, strict father. I, I can't ever... Uh, I can say that I've never grabbed my child's ear and wrung it. And the young child was wroth and said unto him, It sufficeth thee or them to seek and not to find. And verily thou hast done unwisely. Knowest thou not that I am thine? Vex me not. Now a certain teacher, Zacchaeus by name, stood there and he heard in part when Yahushua said these things to his father, and he marveled greatly that being a young child, he spake such matters. And after a few days, he came near unto Yosef and said unto him, Thou hast a wise child, and he hath understanding. Come, 
Deliver him to me that he may learn letters, and I will teach him with the letters all knowledge, and that he salute all the elders and honor them as grandfathers and fathers, and love them of his own years. And he told him all the letters from Alpha even to Omega clearly, with much questioning. But Yahushua looked upon Zacchaeus, the teacher, and saith unto him, Thou that knowest not the Alpha according to its nature, how canst thou teach others the Beta? Thou hypocrite, first, if thou knowest it, teach the Alpha, and then will we believe thee concerning the Beta. Then began he to confound the mouth of the teacher concerning the first letter, and he could not prevail to answer him. And in the hearing of many, the young child said to Zacchaeus, Hear, O teacher, the ordinance of the first letter, and pay heed to this. How that it hath what follows is, uh, from this point on, is unintelligible. According to the notes, where do these notes end? Oh, there we go. That thou, uh, thou hast the rules of the Alpha. Chapter 7. Now, when Zacchaeus the teacher heard such and so many allegories of the first letter spoken by the young child, he was perplexed at his answer and his instruction being so great, and said to them that were there, Woe is me, wretch that I am! I am confounded. I have brought shame to myself by drawing to me this young child. Take him away, therefore, I beseech thee, my brother Yosef. I cannot endure the severity of his look. I cannot once make clear my or his word. This young child is not earthly born. This is one that came that can tame even fire. Be like this is one begotten before the making of the world. What be- what belly bear this? What womb nurtured it? I know that. Woe is me, O oh my friend. He putteth me from my sense. I cannot follow his understanding. I have der- I have deceived myself, thrice wretched man that I am. I strove to get me a disciple, and I am found to have a master. I think, O my friends, upon my shame, for that being old, I have become uh, that I have been overcome by a young child. I am even ready to faint and to die because of the boy, for I am not able at this present hour to look him in the face. And when all men say that I have been overcome by a little child, what have I to say? And what can I tell concerning the lines of the first letter whereof he spake to me? I am ignorant, O my friends, for neither beginning nor end of it, or him do I know. Wherefore I beseech thee, my brother Yosef, take him away into thine house, for he is someone great, whether Elohim or angel, or what I should call him, I know not. And as the Yehudim were counseling Zacchaeus, the young child laughed greatly and said, Now let those bear fruit that were barren, and let them see that were blind in heart. I am come from above that I may curse them, and call them to the things that are above, even as he commanded which hath sent me for your sakes. And when the young child ceased speaking, immediately all they, um, immediately all they were made whole which had come under his curse. And no man after that dirts provoke him, lest he should curse him, and he should be maimed. Now, after certain days, Yahushua was playing in the upper story of a certain house, and one of the young children that played with him fell down from the house and died. Right here, uh, if I'm reading this right, this was not, they were not actually, 
this household was not obeying Torah because they should have had some upper railing up there to stop a person from falling off and dying. And the other children, when they saw it, fled, and Yahusha remained alone. I take it this is not going to go well for Yahusha. And the parents of him that was dead came and accused him that he had cast him down. So now he's being accused of murder. And Yahusha said, I did not cast them down, but they reviled him still. And then Yahusha leaped down from the roof and stood by the body of the child and cried with a loud voice and said, uh, Zeno, for so was his name called, Zeno, arise and tell me, did I cast thee down? And straightway he arose and said, Nay, Adonai, thou didst not cast me down, but didst raise me up. And when they saw it, they were amazed. And the parents of the child glorified Elohim for the sign which had come to pass and worshipped Yahusha. After a few days, a certain young man was cleaving wood in the neighborhood, and the axe fell and cut in in sunder the sole of his foot. And losing much blood, he was at the point to die. And And when there was a tumult and concourse, the young child Yahusha also ran thither, and by force passed through the multitude, and took hold upon the foot of the young man that was smitten, and straightway it was healed. And he said unto the young man, Arise now and cleave the wood, and remember me. But when the multitude saw what was done, they worshipped the young child, saying, Verily, the Ruach of Elohim dwelleth in this young child. Now when he was six years old, his mother sendeth him to draw water and bear it into the house and gave him a pitcher. But in the press, he struck it against another and the pitcher was broken. But Yahusha spread out the garment which was upon him and filled it with water and brought it to his mother. And when his mother, and when his mother saw what was done, she kissed him and she kept within herself the mysteries which she saw him do. Again, In the time of sowing, the young child went forth with his father to sow wheat in their land. So it's kind of interesting here. It's uh, this is the first time we see his father doing work that is not carpentry. And as his father sowed, the young child Yahusha sowed also one corn of wheat, and he reaped it and threshed it and made thereof a hundred measures. And he called all the poor of the village into the threshing floor and gave them the wheat. And Yosef took the residue of the wheat. And he was eight years old when he wrought this sign. Now his father was a carpenter and made at that time plows and yokes. So in the infancy gospel, we saw him going off and almost like with a company of carpenters and building things, which actually would have been right in line, uh, keeping with Roman times and how the Romans would have them go work for them in other places. Uh, But here he looks like he's... Uh, making um, stuff for for harvest. And there was required of him a bed by a certain rich man that he should make it for him. And whereas one beam, that which is called the shifting one, was too short, and Yosef knew not what to do. The young child Yahusha said to his father, Yosef, lay down the two pieces of wood and make them even at the end next unto thee at the middle part. And Yosef did as the young child said unto him. And Yahusha stood at the other end and took hold upon the shorter beam and stretched it and made it equal with the other. And his father Yosef saw it and marveled. And he embraced the young child and kissed him, saying, Happy am I for, the Elohim, for that Elohim hath given me this young child. 
But when Yosef saw the understanding of the child and his age, that it was coming to the full, he thought with himself again that he should not be ignorant of letters. And he took him and delivered him to another teacher. And the teacher said unto Yosef, First will I teach him the Greek letters, and after that the Hebrew. For the teacher knew the skill of the child and was afraid of him. Notwithstanding, he wrote the alphabet, and Yahusha pondered thereon a long time and answered him not. And Yahusha said to him, If thou be indeed a teacher, and if thou knewest, knowest letters well, tell me the power of the Alpha, and then I will tell thee the power of the Beta. And the teacher was provoked and smote him on the head. Probably not a good idea. And the young child was hurt and cursed him, and straightway he fainted and fell to the ground on his face. And the child returned into the house of Yosef. And Yosef was grieved and commanded his mother, saying, Let him not forth without the door, for all they die that provoke him to wrath. And after some time, yet another teacher, <laughs> which was a faithful friend of Yosef, said to him, Bring the young child unto me to the school. Peradventure, I may be, may be able, by cockering him, to teach him the letters. And Yosef said, if thou hast no fear, my brother, take him with thee. And he took him with him, in fear and much trouble of Ruach. But the young child followed him gladly. And going with boldness into the, into the school, he found a book lying upon the pulpit, and he took it, and read not the letters that were therein, but opened his mouth and spake by the set-apart Ruach, and taught the law to them that stood by. And a great multitude came together and stood there hearkening, and marveled at the beauty of his teaching and the readiness of his words, and that being an infant, he uttered such words, or uttered such things. But when Yosef heard it, he was afraid, and ran into the school, thinking whether this teacher also were without skill, or smitten with infirmity. But the teacher said unto Yosef, Know, my brother, that I received this child for a disciple, but he is full of grace and wisdom. And now I beseech thee, brother, take him unto thine house. And when the young child heard that, he smiled upon him and said, For as much as thou hast said well and hast borne right witness, for thy sake shall he also that was smitten be healed. And forthwith the other teacher was healed, and Yosef took the young child and departed unto his house. And Yosef sent his son Yaakov to bind fuel and carry it into his house. And the young child Yahusha also followed him. <clears throat> it's interesting here that it, um, it actually refers to Yaakov as you know, Yosef's son. And Yaakov was gathering, I guess, a faggots. A viper uh, bit the hand of Yaakov. And as he was sore afflicted and ready to perish... Yahusha came near and breathed upon the bite, and straightway the pain ceased, and the serpent burst, and forthwith Yaakov continued whole. And after these things in the neighborhood of Yosef, a little child fell sick and died, and his mother wept sore. And Yahusha heard that there was great mourning and trouble, and he ran quickly and found the ch child dead. And he touched his breast and said, I say unto thee, child, die not, but live and be with thy mother. And straightway it looked up and laughed, and he said to the woman, Take him up and give him milk, and remember me. And the multitude that stood by saw it and marveled, and said, Of a truth, this young child is either Elohim or an angel of Elohim. Here it is again, for every word of his is a perfect work.
and Yahusha parted thence and was playing with other children. Right, we've got two chapters left, and it's over. And after some time, there was work of building, and there came, and there came a great tumult. And Yahusha arose and went thither, and he saw a man lying dead, and took hold of his hand and said, Man, I say unto thee, Arise and do thy work. And immediately he arose and worshipped him. And when the multitude saw it, they were astonished and said, This young child is from heaven, for he hath saved many souls from death, and hath power to save them all his life long. Okay, this next story should sound familiar to, familiar to you. Chapter 19. And when he was 12 years old, his parents went according to the custom into Jerusalem to the feast of the Passover with their company. And after the Passover, they returned to go into their house. And as they returned, the child Yahusha went back to Jerusalem. But his parents supposed that he was in their company. And when they had gone a day's journey, they sought him among their kinsfolk. And when they found him not, they were troubled, and returned again to the city seeking him. And after the third day, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, and he hearing and asking them questions. And all men paid heed to him, and marveled how that being a young child, he put to silence the elders and teachers of the people, expounding the heads of the law and the parables of the prophets. And his mother Miriam came near and said unto him, Child, wherefore hast thou so done unto us. Behold, we have sought thee sorrowing. And Yahusha said unto them, Why seek ye me? Know ye not that I must be in my father's house? But the scribes and Pharisees said, Art thou the mother of this child? And she said, I am. And they said unto her, Blessed art thou among women, because Elohim has blessed the fruit of thy womb. For such glory and such excellence and wisdom we have neither neither seen nor heard at any time. And Yahusha arose and followed his mother and was subject unto his parents. But his mother kept in mind all that came to pass. And Yahusha increased in wisdom and stature and grace. And to him be glory forever and ever. Amen. All right, let's see who's... Oh, wow, you're all still with me. Awesome. So <clears throat> this story, you know, uh, the first time you read it, it's, uh, it's a bit jarring. It's like there's a if you pay attention there's a progression in this story and for anyone who has had a toddler of their own or uh been around toddlers uh you will see that they can be very ornery and they can kick and scream and you know they they have to learn discipline and um it's interesting to see the progression as in this story as Yahusha goes from the time of being a toddler, uh, being very young, I think it starts when he's, what, two to three or four, and then it progresses to five, and then it ends by the time he's 12. We actually see him maturing, and even though every work he does in here is a perfect work uh, that is not lacking or not uh, idle, uh, we see him as he grows older, becoming wiser and wiser and wiser and healing more people and so on and so forth. Now, uh, I'm going to open this up for anyone who has any questions, comments, concerns. It will not hurt my feelings in the slightest if you tell me that this is not scripture and it deserves to be thrown to the curb. Uh, but I, I find this really fascinating and um, curious to hear your thoughts. I am. I thought it was interesting. That's kind of how I always pictured the Messiah as a child, like being able to do this stuff. But 
I was just looking at John, because I'm pretty sure... Yeah, it's John uh, chapter 2, verse 11. He says specifically that the, the wine at the wedding was the first of his signs. I found that interesting, kind of like a contradiction for basically what he was doing here. What do you think about that? Well, it very well could be. My my understanding is that you know he says uh, he says uh, I have to look at the passage. He says, "Woman, my time has not yet come." Uh, or does he say, "Do you have it in front of you?" Where he says that? I want to get the actual. I could I could try to find it here. It's John chapter. Is it John chapter three or John chapter two? Two. Chapter. Two. Oh, I thought it was four. Well, okay. Um, okay, so his mother, uh, the mother of Yahushua, saith unto him, They have no wine. Yahushua uh, saith unto her, Woman, what have I done with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. And then his mother uh, said unto the servants, uh, Do as you will. Okay, uh, do, what, do whatever he says to you. Okay, and then let's see. Where does it say this was the first? Uh, the beginning of miracles did Yahusha and Cain of Galilee and manifested forth his glory and his disciples believed in him. Um, so you could take that in two ways, right? You could take that, that that is literally the first miracle he ever accomplished, uh, that his mother just had total, I mean, she obviously had faith and belief in him, but just this total faith and belief that miracles would come. Um, or you see an exchange there where she's like, uh, hey, all those things you did. Why don't you do that for this for these people here? You know, why don't you give them the grace, grace, uh, or the gift of your of your perfect works? And he's like, woman, my time has not yet come of glorification. Why are you, you know, I'm not supposed to be made known yet. And either it's a contradiction or it's not. Uh, it could mean that it was. It says there in the context that those, that was when his disciples believed in him. So it's definitely the beginning of his ministry. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think? Contradiction or not? Well, could it be the, I mean, here's a thought, is that prior to him being a, quote, man of 13 or 12 years of age, he was doing some of these things, as we just read in the infancy gospel as a young, young child, uh, that he had the, had stopped or had the maturity to not unveil or reveal these things until he started the quote ministry or started the his his uh, uh whether that was before or after his baptism i'm thinking it was possibly after uh that he showed himself with these signs but obviously what your comment mary knew mary knew what he, this child could do what this guy could do how her son could do so yeah i mean i the first time i ever read the infancy gospel of thomas I uh, was probably like two months ago, and I was really excited when I read it. And I had always read the story of Cain of Galilee, and just my takeaway, having never read this text, I had always heard the story about the the clay pigeons and such, uh, and told you know to keep away from that book, um, which is weird because there's nothing in here that's like you know it, it's a little bit unjarring some of it. But anyways, going back to Cain of Galilee, I always took that to mean that. Uh, that Mary did know of his abilities, that she had probably seen some amazing stuff, uh, and that she was trying to 
kind of draw him out to the world. And he's like, no, my time has not yet come. Don't not yet. You know, this isn't it. And I always took it to me that that, that was the first miracle of his ministry. Again, maybe it's a contradiction. Maybe it's not. Yeah. And as you notice, Rob, each time there was a curse that he, he, he performed or did, there was usually a healing afterwards so that people could see uh, what he was able to do in in a positive light. Uh, even the child that died, he brought them to life uh, in, in each circumstance. The birds, he created them and uh, made, gave them life on, on the Sabbath. You know, we've had this conversation about the Sabbath, uh, you know, breaking the Sabbath if it's to save a life. Go ahead. Who's going to jump in? Oh, I'm sorry. I was going to let you finish. Uh, two things. To me, and I'm not agreeing or disagreeing whether this is true or not, but to me, granted, he raised everybody to life that he killed, but it just seemed to come across to me like an unrighteous and an unjust anger. But even more strikingly to me is, it would seem to me as a kid that's 12 years old or even less performing all these miracles, he would have been famous and known throughout the land by the time he was 12, I would think. And the Bible implies that he was pretty much a nobody until he started his ministry. Well, that's that's why I kind of thought that when he reached that age of, uh, you know, 13 or so, 12, 13, that he it, it kind of it died down, so to speak. It, uh, it you know, his childhood, he would do some of these things. And then afterwards, he had the maturity and, and wisdom to withhold from doing such things to be to be made known. That's just my guess. So implying he, he might have been famous, but. As he turned teenager, his fame went away. In some respect, uh, where now he's a man, he's doing manly things as everyone else does in the culture type of thing. And that, it, it, that was, you know, his past. And I'm sure there was people that were affected by it. Remember, he tells them to remember him. But, uh, you know, it, it, as we all know, as time goes on, things are forgotten in the past, no matter how great they are sometimes. Yeah, I, I see where you're coming from. I, I'm not convinced that Yahushua was a, a nobody until his ministry. In fact, we see all throughout the Gospels, people would be like, wait, isn't this the carpenter's son? You know, uh, the uh, isn't this the, the son of Mary? When we looked at the infancy Gospel of Yaakov, we saw that Mary was raised in the temple. So that had to have some sort of we know that John the Baptist's father was a high priest, so that that would be made known. And I, I'm not convinced that this family was just an unknown or a nobody. Um, clearly, you know, nobody had pieced it all together uh, until you know the point when Johannan says, "Here's the the Lamb of Elohim that takes away the sins of the world." Um, I don't know. Uh, I was going to point out here that when I had started reading the go- the infancy gospel of Yaakov a few uh, two or three weeks ago, that I started reading from the gospel of Luke, and it's kind of appropriate here because uh, everyone probably noticed the last chapter is you could say lifted right from Luke, uh, but what if it wasn't? What if Luke actually the historian? actually lifted it from this. He says here, 
chapter 1, verse 1 from the Gospel of Luke. For as much as many have taken in hand to set forth in order a declaration of those things which are most surely believed among us, even as they delivered them unto us, which from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word. It seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write unto thee in order, most excellent uh, Theophilus. And I ask you guys, or I offer the suggestion that he actually did lift the story of Yahushua at the temple from this text. If you look at the text, it's not written like uh, whoever wrote this uh, infancy gospel, it's not written like like it's copying from another text at all uh, when he's there. And Luke says here that for as much as many have uh, taken in hand to set forth in order a declaration of those things. So who are these many? It was it just the other three Gospels? Right? You, you guys get my point on this. Yeah, that was kind of, that was, <laughs> that was kind of it on yeah, that. That's, that's some good points. I appreciate that. The, the other thing that I um, think is, I, I'm not entirely convinced about the timeline and, and ages and stuff like that. Um, just due to the uh, Masonic nature of some of the numbers that kind of, appear in the Jesus character like uh you know his ministry ended when he was 33 and etc etc um, well keep in mind that's not that's that's not in the bible it never says he was 33 i do agree that 30 i do agree that 33 year old uh jesus may indeed be very masonic kind of like the 66 book canon I have not read a text where it actually says he was 33 years old in fact if you take the uh, the Star of Bethlehem theory, which I don't, uh, that the planets had aligned in, I think it was like 8 BC, it was. It was actually twice they aligned. Uh, I actually think it was an actual star that moved, like a uh, comet. Um, and I've talked about that in the past, how, you know, we cl we classify a comet as a comet when, in fact, it may, it may in fact be a star. But anyways, that being said, if Yahushua died in 30 AD, and we know that it would have been 30 AD, according to the Talmud, uh, they say that the, the, uh, the veil was torn exactly 40 years before the temple's destruction. That would place it at 30 AD. Um, and interesting enough, they also say that the last uh, trial, uh, the last meeting of the Sanhedrin, they were never able to meet again after that. So we know that the last time they met was to judge Messiah. And they were never able to meet in the temple again. All that to say is uh, he could have been closer to 40 years old when he died. Luke 3.23. Luke 3.23. Oh, he was about thirty years of age. Okay, well that answers that question. Boom, there it is. So that would that would mean that the I guess that disproves the uh Star of Bethlehem theory then. And what I mean by that is the um I think James Cameron popularized it a few years ago uh like twenty years ago or something like that, where he said that the planets aligned and you know, they they said that was a star of Bethlehem. So I guess that disproves that then. You couldn't join the priesthood until you were thirty. So it says he was about to be 30. So he got baptized right as he was about to turn 30. And then he started, you know, he went into the wilderness and he, you, you are not a legal quote unquote priest until you're 30 years old. There you go. Then there's two schools of thought. Either he was um, walking with 
the disciples teaching them for three years and died in, you know, going into his quote-unquote 33rd year. Or there's the idea that it was 70, quote-unquote, 70 weeks. Where he really only had to walk through one year of feast days before he then started fulfilling them. Well, yeah, and I'm glad you bring that up, Lisa, because... Um... It seems like you know people get really agitated when someone says the three to three and a half year theory versus the one year theory. But if I had never heard, see, I grew up believing that his ministry was like three years or something like that, and I, I never understood how people really totally made sense to that. I never really saw a chart drawn out. If I were just to pick up the Gospels for the first time and just read through Matthew, read through John, read through Luke, read through Mark. I would get the I get the impression that he showed up, he uh, said things that stirred up the crowds, he spoke to the wrong people, and they formed a mob and killed him. And uh, <laughs> someone in, in in the years I've been in this, I know how quickly a crowd can turn. Uh, it can turn. <laughs> it only takes fifteen minutes. So um, I read the Gospels like as he walk through a cycle and uh he kind of showed up and w within a year he was gone that's kind of how i read it but does anyone read it differently i i think the gospels record that jesus attended at least two passover celebrations it might be three i'd have to research that oh and he also didn't he clear the temple twice so i don't know if there was you know at the beginning of a series of of a yearly, you know, feast cycle. He went back in there and clean, cleared the temple. Also, there's the idea of him not only being the the yearling lamb, but the three year old red heifer. That's interesting. If you've yeah, heard because anything I, about the red heifer sacrifice, that Jim Staley has a really awesome teaching about that. That no, that's really a good point because if we go with the Passover lamb, a Passover lamb is selected a year before. Right, so it's not quite a year, and a heifer does lead to a three year. So, uh, when it comes to clearing the temple, um, I've never done a study on that. I've always wanted to. I don't know if anyone else has. I mean, I don't know if it's the same story given twice or if it's two different stories. I, I, I couldn't say. Any thoughts on that? I mean, I couldn't say because it seems to me that the Gospel of John is. I don't know if it's written. It doesn't appear to me to be written in order. It seems like he's kind of like jumping around a lot. Like it's John style. Like with the book of Revelation where he kind of, you know, people have commented the Revelation is almost like a scroll within a scroll within a scroll and you keep unwinding it. Um, and it's it's almost circular patterned. It's it just, you know, the, finally when you get to the end of the Gospel of John, it kind of, it's it's linear, but I don't read the rest of it necessarily that way so can i ask the same question about the passover can anybody verify whether he attended more than one Sorry, yeah, that, that's that all again? what was that again i missed that so... the, the question is can anyone verify if yahusha attended more than one passover in the gospels that's that's something i need to do more study on because i like i said i a reading to me seems like he just came and upset people and was killed. But did he attend more than, you know, if he attended two Passovers right there, that tells us that's more than one year. 
Those, now, I've heard those, I've heard people debate the idea that there's clearly supposedly two, and that there's um, something that possibly could have been interjected that makes it seem like there was three. But I haven't dug into it. I don't know. This is these are people that go by the the Michael Rood chronological gospel idea, which he he kind of lays it out in the seventy weeks um, format. <laughs>